Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Highmark Church Podcast. Our heartbeat is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we pray this message encourages you, strengthens you, and helps you pursue the purpose Jesus has for you. Today, as we look at King David, we can see, man, he wasn't a perfect guy by any means. He wasn't. He wasn't a perfect guy. He didn't have it all figured out. Actually, he committed committed some really atrocious acts in his life. He had some pretty devastating things and lied and cheated and, and uh, had affairs. And, 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 but we still see that his heart always was turning back to God. And he had a heart that uh, leaned back into God. And I think that's just such a good picture for us. None of us are perfect. None of us have it all figured out. One of our values here at Highmark is, hey, we're real people. That just means like uh, we're not standing before you saying, hey, you got to be uh, Uh, picture perfect. You have to have it all together. That's not the reality. It's like we're all broken. We all need a little bit of God's uh, spirit and help to walk this life. And as we look at First Chronicles, I'm going to look at David because David is in this season where He's transitioning his leadership, and he's moving from uh, uh, really kind of his leadership, and God has already told him, listen, I'm going to raise up your son, and his son's name was Solomon, and he says, I'm going to raise up your son, and he's going to lead the nation after, the, after you, and so such a cool picture, and this handoff is starting to happen, and God's laid these things on uh, uh, David's heart, and David had a heart to build the house of God. And I want to read First uh, Chronicles chapter 22, and we're going to go to verses 5 through 10. I'm going to read really what's happening here is God is saying, listen, David, you're, I know you want to build the temple of God. I want to build. And in the Old Testament, the temple of God was very important. It was the place, it was the physical location of where the Spirit of God dwelt. And uh, it was a tent initially of meeting. As the Israelites wandered, it was really just a giant, giant tent, and there was, it was laid out very specifically, and the Spirit of God dwelt in that tent and in that place and in that temple. But God is saying, listen, I've given you the land, and you're settling here. And in First Chronicles, we see that uh, uh, David is like, I want to build the temple of God. Now that we're established, I want to put the walls up. Let's make this thing not a tent. Let's make this a, 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 a like, let's build the temple and make it rock solid, and, and it, it should be awesome and amazing. And in Second Chronicles, we or First Chronicles, sorry, uh, we see that God says to David, "Listen, it's not going to be you that builds my temple, but it's actually going to be your son." And this is what happens in First Chronicles chapter twenty-two, verse five through ten. It says, "David said, my son Solomon is still young and inexperienced, and since the temple to be built for the Lord must be magnificent structure, famous and glorious uh, throughout." The world, I will begin making preparations for it now. And says, So David collected a vast uh, amounts of building materials before his death. Then David set, uh, sent his son, uh, his son Solomon and instructed him to build the temple for the Lord, the God of Israel. He said, My son, I wanted to build the temple to honor the name of the Lord my God. And David told him, But the Lord said to me, You have killed many men. Uh, In the battles you have fought, and since you have shed so much blood in my sight, you will not be able to be the one to build my temple to honor my name. But you will have a son who will, a son who will do that, and I will be his father, is what he says, and I will secure the kingdom 
uh, the throne of his kingdom over forever and ever. I'm sorry, I skipped a slide. Uh, and you will have a son, and he'll be a man of peace. Go back, if you will. Sorry, I could mess this whole thing up sometimes. Uh, but that's all right, okay? We're real people. I just say that every time I mess something up. But be a man of peace, he says, and I will give him peace with his enemies and all the surrounding lands. And his name will be Solomon, and I'll give him peace and quiet in, uh, to Israel during his reign, and he's the one who will build a temple to honor my name, and he will be my son, and I will be his father, and I will secure the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever and forever. Man, what a great promise we see from God here to David, and I love the picture of what's happening here because, and as I mentioned, David was described as a man after God's own heart. That's what the Bible describes David. It was, David's heart was after the things of God. What a description. How cool would it be to have God just make that type of description that, that you would hear your name called and say that you, he or she is a man or woman after God's own heart. I think that's something noble. I think that's something high that we should pursue and say, listen, I just want to live a life where I'm not trying to always just be, be perfect, but I'm saying I want to have a heart that is leaning in and pursuing the things of God, getting the most out of it. it and trying to get all that I can of God in this life and in this season and where I'm at. And, and that's how God has positioned us in, in this season or in our, our life to go after his things. He's saying, listen, I've got it all there for you. Just go after, just lean in, press in, and, and go after. And David was one of those guys that did that. He had that heartbeat to say, I want to build the house of God. And that's what he said. He said, I, I think the house of God should be magnificent. He had a heart for the house of God. I think when we talk about the house of God, we can't discount the need for the house of God right now in our world. We can't discount. We're, we live in a world that needs, uh, needs the presence and the power of God. We have difficult times. We're, we have war and conflict and fighting, and there's natural disasters. There's uh, famine going on. There's great injustices of human trafficking and natural uh, uh, hurting and broken people. There's failed marriages. There's things going on in this world where people, they're making terrible and poor decisions with their life, and it's, it's just affecting everything they're doing. It's impacting their life. So if there's ever a time for the church to build the house of God, it's now. We're not meant to shrink back and say, okay, well, let's just see or let's just try to figure out, uh, uh, let's just kind of shrink back or quiet down a little bit. No, we're in a season, we're in a time when we're here to build the house of God, that we should be bold about it, that we should go after everything that God has, that we're not, we're not here to just huddle up, but no, we're here to bring the hope of the world. We're here to bring the peace of Jesus to this world and to people around us. He's the hope of the world. It's not in the White House, although we respect that. It's in God's house. It's in God's house that he is building his people, and it's not a physical location. Get that. I want, I want you to understand the contrast. What's happening in the Old Testament here is David has literally gathered the supplies and saying, I want to build the house of God. And he's going to build the physical building because that's where the spirit of God resides. But we're in a new covenant and a new season that God is working in our world. And when Jesus came, he said, listen, I'm bringing someone that's going to be even greater. And I'm going to bring his Holy Spirit my Holy Spirit to you, and it'll dwell within you. And so when we receive Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit.
Spirit that now resides in us. God's Spirit is in his people, and his people are the church. And you know what? When we come together, his presence is in our midst because where two or three gathered, his Spirit is. It resides. And, and now it's not the physical bricks and mortar, but it's his people. And so we should be building the church. We should be building people up for the kingdom of God. I think we got to realize from this scripture, though, in, in First Chronicles, that God, what David understood is that God deserves a magnificent house. He deserves a magnificent house. We, we, you know, I think about this sometimes. We oftentimes think, oh, well, the church needs less, or uh, it doesn't need to be resourced, or should be poor, and should be in poverty. But David here, we see that he understood that The house of God should be famous throughout the land. And I pray that what God is building through Highmark would create fame, not in a person, not in a facility, but in what God is doing in our midst and the miraculous and the magnificent that he's doing in our midst. And that's what this generation needs. That's what our world needs right now. And we're here not just to build a church or campuses or locations. He sent us to build a city. He sent us to build a state. He sent us to build a nation. He sent us to build a world. And that's what God has called us to do. And we shouldn't say, oh, it needs to be a little less than, or it need, we, need, we don't need to invest a lot. But David's saying, listen, God deserves a magnificent house. It should be famous. And so we should say, okay, I got to go all in. And David's saying, I'm all in on this. I'm going to collect the resources. And I'm I'm going to collect everything that I have. And I love this. And what David describes later in this chapter is he describes all the resources that he's going to give to Solomon. And if you would take all those resources, you would add up them up in modern day uh, finance terms and in, in money terms, our dollar terms, he would have given Solomon over $860 million worth of supplies. Let that sit in your mind for a minute. You know, you're building a, a beautiful and a magnificent temple of God. I think, you know, the Colts don't even play in a place that's 860. Maybe it is. I don't know. I didn't. But just think about that. Think about the investment right there. And David was all in. He said, I'm going to, God's, God's, uh, isn't going to use me to build it, but I'm going to collect the resources. And God told him, and he spared no expense in this. And I love this because David was all in, and I think we have to re- remember that Jesus was all in for all you and I. See, Jesus came to this earth. He walked. He lived a perfect life, a sinless life, because he knew that we couldn't do that, but that we needed to be made right in the eyes of God, that we needed the the hope and the, the peace that uh, receiving a savior and being made right in the eyes of God and a relationship with God that uh, Jesus would be that bridge for us between him and God. So he went to the cross for us. I'm thankful that Jesus was all in. He knew that we needed, we needed forgiveness from our sins, that we could call on his name. And he, we, he knew that a sacrifice was needed to make us right in the eyes of God. I'm thankful that he's all in. And I'm thankful that David here is giving us a picture of what it means to be all in. You see, David begged. He begged to build the house of God. And, and, G- and Jesus has commissioned us. He's commissioned us as he ascended to heaven. He said, listen, build my church. Like, uh, build the kingdom of God. Invest in people. 
uh, show my power to this world. And he commissioned us and he said, listen, I'm commissioning you to build the house of God. David here is saying, I want to do it. I, I want to build it. God, use me, use me, use me. And, and sometimes I feel like we, we don't have that position or that heart. Instead, we're standing back a little bit and we're saying, use someone else, God. But David here had that, he was begging to do it. And Jesus is saying, listen, I will use you. I'll use you to do this if you're just willing and you're open to what I want to do in you in the ways that I want to work in your life. So our world needs Jesus. They need the hopes that we bring. And we're building a house, and it's his people. I think we always want to be, I think there's another kind of lesson here in what David had to go through. Because he, he was eager. He wanted to be the one that built the house. And I, I think of David, and if I was in David's shoes, and I'd done mighty things for God, and my heart was after God, and he was eager to build the house of God, that when God gave him the instruction and said, you know what, David, it's not going to be you. I think David could have got discouraged. I think he could have got a little disillusioned. I think he could have got disappointed. And he could have sat back and he said, well, listen, I want to be the one that builds the house of God. Look at the mighty things I've done already, God. I think he could have sat back and said, okay, well, if I'm not doing it, then I'm going to wait for someone else to do it. And the reality is that sometimes you and I, we do that exact, we would do that right there. We'll just sit back and we'll think, we want to be the person that God is using or that God is building it through or God is using. And we want to be that front lines type of builder and, and the credit to go to us. But that's not what the kingdom of God is all about. And I love that David gives us the picture of the contrary because he just shifts gears and he says, okay, I'm here to be a resource and I'm here to be used of, of God. I'm here to be, uh, I, I still want to be in involved in any way that I can. I think that we have to protect our hearts when God calls us building his house, that we have to protect our hearts and be the people that say, you know what, maybe God just wants me to be a resource for his kingdom. Maybe he wants me to be all in so that I can help build and come alongside. And I love that picture we get of the church and a church growing and a church active and God working through it is is uh, it needs every member, it needs every piece, it needs every part. And I love, I think Jamie and I have said it, and we did our one-day growth track yesterday, and I was just reminded as we did that, it's just the thing we say over and over in this journey that has been Highmark Church so far, it's just uh, the people that God has assembled and brought together, you guys, we just brag on you all the time. We thank God for you all the time. Why? Because you have a gifting, and you have a purpose, and God has positioned you in a place where he can use you to build a church. And the beauty of the church uh, is, is seeing what God builds in our midst, is seeing how he works in relationships, how he builds us out in and weaves our lives together, how we bring encouragement to one another all the way. But you know what? It's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about making him famous. And he's at the center because only him, it's only him that can change everything. It's only him that can change our hearts. And so we, our job is just to be willing and all in. See, God 
house deserves, he deserves a, a magnificent house. We should think, God, how do we, how do, we do more? How do we make, make it grand? How do we see you work more in our midst? Prepare my heart. Make, make my heart be one that's after God. I pray that our, all of us would have that prayer of David of like, God, I just want to be after your heart. I want to be a person after your heart and say, I want to just build your house. I think we have to be, we remember or we see here in the scripture and be reminded today that God will use you to build his house. That's how he's going to do it. That's the promise. That's what he told us. And David could have been discouraged. He could have been disappointed. And that could have kept him from uh, all the resources, uh, gathering all the resources that needed to be brought together to build a magnificent house of God. But David was all in. He knew that God could still use him. He knew that he had something to offer to God. He didn't sit on the sidelines and hang back and say, well, someone else can pick it up or figure it out. But he said, no, I'm going to do what I can do to hand it off to the next generation. I think there's a charge right there for us. I think there's a charge for us to build what we can build in the time that we have on this earth so that we can hand it off to the next generation, so we can hand it off to our kids and, and the, 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 those coming behind us, so we can believe in what God is going to do, and the best days are in front of us. There's a saying we have around here, I say it a lot, that the best is yet to come because you know what? God's not done. He's just getting started, and his promises are always yes and amen, and that when, he, when he said, listen, your, your best days are not behind you, they're in front of you. That's a promise that we can grab hold of and we can live out in this life and we can live out in this church and believe, listen, God has got great things for us out in front of us, but he's going to use you to build his house. It's not the pastor, it's not just me, but it's all of us together. You know, when we started this church, 50 people came together. 50 people said, okay, I'm willing to go all in. I'm willing to lay down my own preferences maybe, my own desires, and I'm willing to join the team, and we're going to do whatever it takes to reach more people for the kingdom of God. Fifty people said, I'm in, I'm in, I'm going to do this, I'm going to believe in this. They're going to say, they said, we'll lay our preferences down. They said, we're going to give until we have nothing left. We're going to give our time, our resources, we're going to just invest in the kingdom of God because we want to reach more people. I remember as those day, the the as we were launching the church, I would think, listen, this community, and I still believe this, this community does not need another church. You're like, whoa, Pastor Don, come on, are you you should be saying that? You started a new church. But you know what this community needs? It needs a gathering and a house that they can walk into where the presence of God is felt, where the hurting and the broken and the people that don't have it all together and are figuring it out, can walk through the doors and feel like this is my home because the presence of God is there. And when I say we don't need just another church, but I'm saying we don't need another church that just we're going through the motions. We need an active, living, breathing body of Christ that is making a difference in this world that's saying, you know what, I'm going all in and I'm willing to sacrifice uh, to go all in and make, the, make a difference for the kingdom of God to build his church. And if you give of yourself, you just have to, to give of yourself, you just have to be willing. You have to be willing. And I want you to realize today, you're sitting right now in someone else's sacrifice. You're sitting in someone else's sacrifice. Why? Because someone else paid the price for Highmark Church to launch. 
I know we've all made big investment, but I think back to the days before we launched and churches and individuals came beside us and alongside of us and they, they said, listen, we believe in what God is going to do through Highmark. We believe in what God is going to do through this church and we want to make investment. And they sacrificed, they sacrificed of themselves in order to see what God is going to build through this church. I, th- I think we have to think about that sometimes, that we're sitting in, we're sitting in, someone else's sacrifice because they gathered the resources for us already. They gathered it. That we could rent this building every week by the hour. (laughs) We could set up this equipment every Sunday morning starting at 7 a.m. and we can tear it down and be out of here by 12.30, 12.45, if we're really rock stars. Would you like to join the transformation team? But we got to go all in. You see, God wants his house to grow. We can't lose sight of that. He wants his house to grow. You say, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he really does. I don't understand it. Listen, you want other things. It would be weird if you said, I'm going to plant a garden, but I don't want it to grow. God has planted something inside of all of us, and he wants it to grow. It would be weird if you saw someone out in the business world and maybe at your job and they said, I don't want our business to grow. Maybe they were a business owner and they said, and you you talked to them and they said, no, I don't want it to grow at all. You'd be like, that is weird. Maybe maybe it's just your football team. Maybe it's the Colts. You're like, I don't want to see them get better. Who doesn't want to see their team? You want to see them grow and get better, go further. And God has that same heart for his house and God cares about numbers. God cares about every number because it's a name. It's a story. It's someone that is reached for the kingdom of God. And I pray as Highmark Churches, we all have come together to build this house and we go all in more and more that we'll continue to see God grow our church. Healthy things grow. If you don't believe me, I think, listen, you, and you, you say, I don't know about that or I, think that, I don't think it should be like that. I think it should just be like static, status quo. Let me just point to the book of Acts where we see the church active and alive. Let me give you some scriptures, and I'm going to just fire these away right here. And when you see number on the screen, I want you to say it out, okay? I want you to say it out loud right now. I'll pause, and you say it out, and then I'll finish. It says in Acts 2.41, it says those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their that day. Acts 2. Um, wait, let me go back for a second. Go back for one second to that scripture. Those that accepted the message of Jesus, they were baptized. It was an immediate response. And how great is it that next week we're doing baptism? So maybe you need to make that step. They didn't hold back. They didn't say, I got to wait. I got to figure it out. No, they said, I hear the message. I'm responding to it. And I need to be baptized. I need to follow Jesus in baptism. And baptism is going public in our faith. That when we go down in the water and we uh, we represent the death and the old self gone. And that we come out of the water and we're made new. Just like Jesus is making new our heart. And so that's just, I'll give you that encouragement today. You can join the others being baptized next week, and we want to celebrate, and we're always excited to celebrate that at Highmark. But Acts 2.47, keep going, you know your part, you got to say the number. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their daily those who were being saved. I love that. Acts 5.14, nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their 
You guys are all stars. In Acts 6.1 uh, says, in those days when the of disciples was increasing. Good, we get a sign right there. Acts 6, 7 says this, so the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem, I went right through it, didn't I? Sorry. So the word of God spread. The of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large yeah, see, good. Two, two in that one right there. A priest became obedient to the faith. Acts 9.31 says this. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in? Acts 11.24 says this. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith and, and a great of people were brought to the Lord. Acts 16.5 says, so the churches were strengthened in faith and they grew daily in numbers. You see, we get a picture right there of the early church that grew in numbers. I believe that as our hearts and as we go all in for what God is going to do at Highmark Church, we'll continue to see more people reach. And it's not, let me hear my heart in this, it's not about us just growing for the sake of growing, but it's about the one person that the Bible says that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. So we are on a mission for help find people that need the hope of Jesus Christ. And so we're on a mission not to just grow a mega church or grow a, a, a bigger church. We're on a mission to reach the one because God is on a mission to reach the one. We're on the, and, and because God is on that mission, he reached us and he, he's grabbed our heart. And so we want to come along side and say, listen, we're, do, we're willing to do whatever we can to build the kingdom of God. God cares about the numbers because it represents a name. It represents a story and someone he wants to work through, uh, he wants to reach. You say, well, I, why does it matter? Why does it matter? Like, well, why does it, your bank account number matter? <laughs> why does the number on the clock matter? Try that this week. Maybe just... Say, I'm not going to look at the clock, see what your boss says at work. Like, see if they're like, hey, cool, just come in anytime you feel like it, you know, just do whatever you want. Maybe you got that situation, so, but maybe, maybe you don't. We need to be, like, on time. We need to be diligent. Like, number, the number matters, and my prayer is that we'll, con we'll continue to experience what God did in his church through this church. In the book of Acts, what God did, and he grew, and he increased, and the spirit of God was moving, and people were healed, and that as we go all in, that we'll see God work in that way. Realize that, hey, we're not building a, just building here to build a structure. We're here to build the people that walk through the doors because God cares and loves them. I pray that our hearts won't get lost in that. I pray that we have, if we've had friends, maybe you've had a friend that's fallen away from the things of God. Maybe you yourself, you've like, I've got distracted or busy in my life, and you stepped away. Maybe there's people God has already put in your path that he's put there very intentionally because you're there to reach them. You're there to make an impact in their life. You're there to share the hope and the power of Jesus. And that's how God builds his church. And I feel like Sundays, they shouldn't be the pinnacle of our week. They should be the starting point. 
It's a starting point. It's like we're putting our, like a, if you think of a, a sprinter and a, a, an Olympic athlete gets in the, the, the starting blocks. And I feel like church on Sunday should be us just getting right back in the blocks and saying, God, here I am. I'm ready to run again for you into the week. And I'm ready to build your church. And I want to go all in. And you're the greatest resource that God is going to gather to build this church. You. You say, not me, Pastor Don, not me. It's not me. Like, you don't know my past. I don't care. I know your future if you follow God. And the God's promise is like, I'll use you. You say, well, I don't know if he can use me. I don't know if I'm sure. Just be willing and open. That's what God wants for us. This is the bottom line today. Get this. Hang on to this. When you're willing to do whatever it takes, God makes a way. You see, the temple of God was built. It was built here in Chronicles. We see that David handed off the resources and Solomon later, he took it. He built, he built it and God made a way for it to be built. Through the line and through the lineage of David, it was handed off to another generation. The house of God was built. And we see that multiple generations just did their part. They were all in. They were willing to do it. David was all in, and Solomon was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow through on this. I'm going to make it happen. Why? Because they just took the next step forward, and they did the next right thing. I don't know if we have any Frozen, the movie, Disney movie Frozen fans out there, but Frozen 2 came out recently. It's a story of two sisters, Anna and Elsa, and in Frozen 2, Elsa passes away. Anna's kind of devastated. She's in a She's in a, a, a difficult place, but she sings a song, and the line that she says in there I just thought was so powerful. She says, I just need to, all I can do is just do the next right thing. And I think that sometimes if we get overwhelmed with what it takes and the way that God is going to use us and what it takes to build his church and all the, all the resources or what's going to go into it, we can get overwhelmed by that. We can, we can almost shrink back a little bit and say, it's too big or I don't know how it's going to happen or I don't know how God can use me. But the reality is all we have to do is just take that next right step. It's the next right thing that God wants us to do. It's just a heart that says, you know what? I'm open and I'm willing and I want to be used by God and I just need to do uh, the next right thing. And that's what I want to challenge or just encourage you to do. What is your next right thing that you need to do to go all in, to build the house of God, to build the kingdom of God, to see him at work in your life? What is the next right thing you need to do? Maybe your next right thing is simple. I just need to show up at church a little bit earlier to be there by 10.30 when worship starts so I can go all in, you know, and not be like the second or third song or like the fourth on a bad week when I was fighting with my kids on the way to church. Listen, I've been there praying for you guys, praying for you guys. Maybe your next right step's like, I just need to go all in a little bit more. I need to maybe join a life group. I need to get connected. Next week, we're going to launch our life groups, and, and we're going we're gonna to build our community. Maybe your next right step is I need to serve, and I need to start to, like, sacrifice a little bit for the next person that's going to come in. You see, we, we have to look at the empty seats around us and say, what can I do? How can I sacrifice for that seat? How can I sacrifice for the next person that's going to sit in that seat? I made the investment for them. Maybe that's just your 
thing and maybe I, I, you, you need to serve, maybe you need to step up so you can invest in the next generation. You're literally saying, I need to be better at handing off to our kids and our students and I need to, I need to serve with our youth ministry. I need to serve with our kids. I need to make an investment. Maybe your next right step is I just need to invite somebody to get here to church. I need to invite someone that I know should be here, that they're not in the place that maybe God wants for them and they need to hear the hope and the peace that God has for them. Maybe that's your next right step. Maybe you're saying, I just need to give more consistently. I need to invest my time, my resources. I need to invest myself in the kingdom of God. Are you all in? I think I've had a lot of gut check moments. If I'm honest with you, I've had a a lot of gut check moments in the journey of starting Highmark Church. Because there's a, there's a lot of stuff that's hard about the kingdom of God. But the reward is exponentially huge. And in the moment, the struggle and the sacrifice feels hard. But you keep your eyes fixed on what God is doing in the house that he's building. And I think if I can just challenge you with anything. It's just say, just try it and test God in that and say, God, I just want to be all in and see what he does. And you're going to have moments where it's a little gut check, like, ooh, am I really doing this? Am I all in? I'm a little nervous about this. But let me tell you, God is going to just pay dividends on the investment that you make. Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at Highmark. Go online to highmark.church to get all the details and plan your visit. Remember, God has a high calling for your life, so keep pursuing your purpose.